Welcome to the Resilient Rainer, the premier podcast focused on mental performance for equestrians and improved horse show performance. Whether you're a rookie rainer or a seasoned competitor, this show is for riders who want to take their skills to the next level and achieve their full potential in the show ring. I'm Nicole Burnett, and I'm a master mindset coach who's obsessed with helping you achieve all those horse dreams you always thought were impossible. Join me each week to develop a show-ready mindset and gain the competitive edge you need to compete with confidence. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Resilient Rainer podcast. Again, we are doing another video podcast today. I'm so glad you're here for the Resilient Rainer podcast where we get into all things mental performance, because working on yourself, working on your mind is the best and fastest way to level up your riding and ride better, get better shows, show results, have more fun, all the things we want. I'm your host, Nicole Burnett. And today I've got a special episode that is going to dive into something that is crucial for any rider who is looking to improve their scores and just their overall riding experience. That's right. We're talking about habits. What are four things you need to stop doing for peak performance? What are four things that are sabotaging you that you need to stop doing? Because definitely spend a lot of time focusing on what you should do, but we don't want to neglect. What are these things that you need to stop doing? All right. Gosh, I've just seen this time and time again, both in coaching and in my own writing. And it's just that these certain ingrained habits, they might even seem beneficial or harmless, but they can hold you back from achieving your true potential. So in this episode, we're going to cover the top four habits that you need to drop. It's not just about identifying these habits. I'm also going to give you some practical advice of what to do and share some real life stories to help you make those changes. So from the pitfalls of overtraining to the trap of negative self-talk, I'm going to guide you through each of these four areas. And as always, know that I am here to support and inspire you. I understand the challenges and the joys of being a Western rider. And I want to help you and your horse achieve the best results possible. So whether you're preparing for the next big show or you're just looking to improve your daily rides, this episode's for you. Let's get started and explore these habits to see how we can transform some challenges into opportunities for growth. Okay, the first habit, the first thing you need to stop doing is stop overtraining. Let me tell you about Grace. Grace is an ambitious, talented barrel racer. She practiced daily. She really was pushing herself and her horse to do push to their limits. And they had a lot of talent. But despite their talent, Grace noticed that Duke's enthusiasm was just really waning. She noticed her own energy depleting. And they were at a major event and Duke stumbled, fatigued, and it cost them a really crucial race. 
realizing her mistake, Grace adjusted their training regimen. She started integrating more rest days, lighter activities. This new balance, this really rekindled both of their spirits and their performances improved remarkably. Grace learns that rest was not just a break, but that rest is a crucial part of training. When you're overtraining, this can pop up in a couple different ways, right? It can be things like you're training too many days a week without any days off. It could be things like maybe your sessions are too long. Maybe you're overtraining specific maneuvers and specific things instead of also just having some general conditioning thrown in there or some cross training. And so it can come up in a couple different ways, many different ways here. And signs that this can come up, we've got fatigue, irritability, and plateauing performance. Again, this is one where you really have to look inside, trust yourself, trust a close mentor trainer if you have one, because you want to make sure that it's not things like ulcers. You know, there's not an injury, but it's kind of one of those things where when you start hitting a plateau, you really have to use your discernment because you have to get in there and investigate, are we hitting a plateau because we need to keep working the program? Or are we hitting a plateau because I'm overtraining this horse, right? You're overtraining, you're overdoing it, and your horse is getting over it, okay? They've got their own thoughts and feelings. And so, again, with the fatigue, the irritability, and this plateauing performance, those can be hallmarks of overtraining. This has impact on the horse as well, right? If you're overtraining, this can have a lot of stress. I know I did just mention ulcers, but overtraining could lead to stress because a lot of performance horses have ulcers just aside from this. And then you throw in the stress of overtraining. And that's really kind of asking for trouble. It, you know, it can bring up stress-related injuries. It can also any sort of soft tissue. When you're fatigued, you're more likely I mean the horse, but can be more likely to get injured. Same thing with a human, right? So you have these potential injuries. And we all know as horse people that there's the joke that horses can just get hurt inside a padded stall. So any sort of injury will absolutely set back your training because they need time off, right? So this is one of those where it kind of reminds me of people who drive too fast and they get in an accident because they were running late and then they're really, really late. <laughs> and this makes me think of that where you're trying to make progress in training, you're trying to keep going, but if you push it too hard, too fast, you can end up with injuries and then you're behind. So this is one where you definitely want to just be aware of all of this, be aware of overtraining and that you can in fact overdo it. And so really keep an eye on you and your horse. Okay, I know I'm going to definitely give you practical tips for each of these things. So what are some practical tips for change when it comes to overtraining? Let me give you three. The first one is to just implement a balanced training schedule with rest days, especially when you're preparing for a major event. It can be really hard to consciously 
take a day off, right? Or take a couple days off. But this is so key. You have to schedule in rest days. Just remember that a balanced training schedule involves rest. The second one, this is to incorporate activities like some light trail riding or groundwork that can maintain engagement with your horse without physical strain. This is such a great way to bond with your horse as well. You can do things on the ground because there's so much you can do on the ground that engages your horse's mind without overtaxing their body. And I won't get too much into that, but there are so many exercises you can do. Just even basic things. Can you walk, stop, back up, yield the hindquarters, yield the forequarters? There's so many fun things you can just do on the ground. Can your horse walk over a bridge? Just the idea is just come at it from a different perspective of what can you do that might engage their mind in kind of a fresh way, help them bond with you in a way that isn't overly physically taxing. This is a great, great thing. I had my mare had some time off and she was coming back and I wanted to do stuff with her. So I started doing showmanship stuff with her. And I do not show in showmanship, but it was really fun to have something that I could do with her and that we could do together on the ground that was just really low-key physically. So there are things that you can do for fun. And the same thing with light trail riding. Like where I live in Utah, most of the trails are very intense and they get real intense real fast. But if you can find a more low-key place to walk and just enjoy a walk with your horse, right? Some light trail riding, some walking, some trotting. Maybe there's a gravel road. Just look for a way to kind of get the blood flowing in a way that has less physical strain. Okay. And the third tip when it comes to overtraining is just really, really emphasizing listening to your own body and listening to your horse's cues for rest, okay? You have to pay attention to yourself and your horse. Pay attention to those signs of fatigue, irritability, plateauing performance. You'll feel them start to come up for you and your horse, and you really have to be alert to those, pay attention, and value them, okay? So that's overtraining. All right, the second thing you need to stop doing to level up your performance is stop the negative self-talk. This one is huge. All disciplines, all ages, everybody can fall to this trap, okay? Let me tell you about Ellie. So Ellie is a dedicated cow horse competitor, and she really struggled with self-criticism. Every time she fumbled a cow, it just amplified her inner voice that she just wasn't good enough. And this negativity, it really seeped into her training and it affected her focus and it really affected her bond with her horse, Jasper. And one day, her coach introduced her to positive affirmations. So Ellie started each day acknowledging her skills and progress. Gradually, her mindset shifted and she celebrated small successes. She learned from mistakes without harsh judgment. This change not only improved her performance, but it also strengthened her connection with Jasper. Negative self-talk, it can really spiral. 
It's partly why it's so insidious. It can just, it can really spiral into self-doubt and negatively impact your performance. As you can tell, it has a real effect on you as the writer, on your relationship with your horse. And it really impacts the overall atmosphere and the vibes during training and competition. You know, people talk about rose-colored glasses. Negative self-talk is like gray-colored glasses, right? Anything good that happens, that's just a fluke. Oh, I don't know. It's just, it just happened, right? And anything bad can be proof that you're not good enough. It just really alters your perspective and that really changes the whole atmosphere of how you approach competition, how you approach training and improvement, and how you feel about yourself and your horse. It really deeps into everything. It's so pervasive. So what are three practical tips for change when it comes to negative self-talk? Okay, the first one is begin each day with positive affirmations that are related to writing skills as a writer and personal strengths. Acknowledge things you do well. This is going to be unique to you, but maybe you're really good at sitting the jock, right? Maybe you're just really good at that. Or maybe you are really good at keeping your eyes up when you ride. Maybe you do really well at giving your horse rest days, or you do really well at building relationships with your horse by having grooming sessions each week. So there are things that you can value about yourself as a rider in the saddle, out of the saddle, any personal strengths that you have, but just consciously bring those up and acknowledge them. The second tip, practice reframing negative thoughts into constructive ones. And this is totally a skill. So you absolutely do have to practice it. If you feel like it's weird or it's hard at first, that is totally normal. Okay, what would be some examples of transforming negative thoughts into positive ones? As I said, this is such a crucial skill, especially in a discipline like, you know, our Western writing that is so mentally demanding. So let me give you three examples of that. Okay, so from doubt to confidence, let's say you have a negative thought of, I'm not good enough to handle this course. I'm not good enough to handle this go around. These cows are too rank. The footing in this barrel race is just too sketchy. Like, I'm just not good enough to handle this ranch riding pattern. I'll probably make mistakes. If this is what's going through your head, it's going to be really hard to go in there and do a good job, right? So here's a positive transformation for you. You can say, every run is a chance to learn and improve. I've trained hard. And I'm ready to embrace this challenge. Remind yourself that mistakes are just stepping stones to my growth as a writer. So that's a a transformation to get you from doubt to confident. All right. What about if you're feeling scared? That's pretty common, right? How do we go from fear to excitement about going in the show pen? So let's say you're thinking something like, This competition is just too intense. I'm afraid of failing so publicly in front of everybody. 
What's a positive transformation for that? Well, you might tell yourself something like, this competition is an exciting opportunity. I get to showcase the skills that my horse and I have worked hard on and developed. Every show, each event, this is a celebration of our hard work and our dedication regardless of the outcome. What a powerful way to transform that fear into excitement. Okay, what about if you're just feeling really frustrated? Like maybe the show nerves have just gotten the better of you. Things are maybe not going so well. How do you shift from frustration to patience? This is a big one. How do you shift from frustration to patience? Maybe you're thinking something like, oh my gosh, my horse is just not responding to my cues today. They're just not. It, this is so frustrating and it just really feels like a setback. Just feels like a setback. They're just not responding. A positive transformation for that would be something like every day with my horse is different. And that is part of the journey. Today, today is an opportunity to strengthen our communication and strengthen our understanding. Patience and gentle persistence will lead to progress. So those are some three different shifts for you there. And these transformations, they're here to help you as a rider shift your mindset from self-doubt and anxiety to growth, excitement, and resilience. When you frame challenges as opportunities and you get to embrace the learning process, as a rider, you can develop a more positive and proactive approach to our sport. This mindset shift is not just beneficial for your performance, but also your overall mental well-being and relationship with your horse. Okay, we got really into that one, but I'm definitely going to give you the third tip. So these are like bonus ones because I'm really kind of going off here today. The third practical tip for change when it comes to dealing with negative self-talk is to celebrate small victories in your training to build confidence. What we're doing is we're saying, hard stop. No, no, no. We are not running past the good things because so often what happens is that it'll be like, oh, we like had a really nice spins today, but we just kind of like lost it in our lead changes. I don't know what the deal was. And you'll focus only on the bad, but you absolutely have to just literally hold up a hand and tell yourself to stop because you've got to say, whoa, 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 whoa there, self. We're going to celebrate that victory. Those spins, we're plus in those spins. That's amazing. We're celebrating that. Well done. So don't ever just skip over celebrating your small victories because it's those small victories in training. They lead to progress and it builds confidence. So those are three practical tips to dealing with negative self-talk. Okay, we are on to the third thing that you need to stop doing as a rider. Third thing you need to stop doing so that you can start leveling up. And that is ignoring mental preparation. Okay. Ava, Ava is a skilled trainer. And Ava really just excelled in practice. But she just faltered in competition. And if you've ever competed, you can probably relate to that of feeling like you're doing amazing at home and wondering what's happening when you get to the show. The nerves and the pressure, it really 
overshadowed Ava's abilities. And after she had a particularly challenging show, she confided in a fellow writer who suggested visualization techniques. These practices just transformed her approach. At her next competition, she felt more composed, more confident, and her scores reflected this newfound mental strength and really showcased her true talent under pressure. This one, of course, is near and dear to my heart because this is what I do. And so I can share stories from clients and people that I know. And it's so funny to me that we can work so hard with our horses and work so hard to dial in the most minute part of our performance and completely miss out on what we need to do in our heads (laughs) to prepare for competition because your brain is the muscle that controls everything. Your brain is what tells your hand to pick up on the reins. Your brain is what tells your legs to cue your horse. And this mental strength in high-pressure situations is necessary. As riders, we need this. And in many ways, honestly, every ride can be a high-pressure situation because even, you know, or especially if you're just beginning, you've got a thousand-pound animal and you have to stay safe. You don't want to break your head. You don't want to break your neck. You don't want to fall off. You don't want any injuries. And it's high pressure just to stay safe. And then the more you develop as a rider, you start competing. Pressure is in many ways just a part of the gig. So being able to have mental strength and resilience and focus and confidence, all of these mental skills are a prerequisite to making progress in training, to having quality runs at shows. You can't have one without the other. You've got to have it. And so there's so many different mental blocks that riders face. If you're listening to this, thumbs up to you. You're doing great. You're doing one of the things you should be doing, which is becoming aware of what's going on in your brain so that you can adequately address it and become the best writer you can be. You can also sign up, plug for the Resilient Rainer newsletter which you get emailed directly to you, free mental performance tips, tricks, articles straight to you to help you level up even more. So check it out. You can sign up at newsletter.resilientrainer.com. Oh, and you'll also get podcast alerts as well. So don't miss out. And then of course, this is what I do professionally is coach people on the mental aspect. And so Let me give you three practical tips for change when it comes to mental preparation. One, daily visualization. These can be really simple. They don't have to take tons of time. But imagining successful rides, overcoming challenges, if there is a particular maneuver that you are working on, visualizing that, visualizing it going well. I also suggest meditation or a mindfulness practice. This is such a game changer to enhance your focus and reduce anxiety. That's a big one. That's your second tip. And the third practical tip I'm going to give you for dealing with mental preparation, because you cannot ignore it, is I really encourage you to set a mental goal for each session. Every time you go work your horse, these can be things like maintaining composure during a difficult moment or Just taking a deep breath before you get started with your ride. But give yourself 
not just goals for your physical performance, but also goals that are dealing with your mental state. So give yourself a mental goal for each training session. And that helps you get in the habit of utilizing these skills. So those are three tips to help you start paying attention to the mental preparation in your rides. And what is the fourth one? So the fourth thing that you need to stop doing in order to level up your writing and get better scores is you need to stop focusing solely on outcomes. So Jack, Jack's a competitive cutter and he's really fixated on winning. And his singular focus on scores and titles it blinded him to the joy of riding and blinded him to his horse Bella's well-being. He had a season of near wins, so not a bad season, but just near wins. And it left him really frustrated because he wanted to win. He wanted to be number one. And a mentor noticed this and advised Jack to refocus on his love for riding and refocus on his partnership with Bella. Shifting his goals towards enjoying the process and improving techniques, Jack found that his competitions were so much more fulfilling. This attitude adjustment, if you want to call it that, it not only brought back his passion, but surprisingly led to better results. And I see this over and over in my own life and in my clients, Focusing the best way to get better scores is to stop focusing on your scores. It really, like, you've got to embrace the journey. Like, I know it sounds so cliche that it's about the journey, not the destination, but it's so true. I'm so sorry, guys. (laughs) It's just the way it is. All right. And the stress and disappointment that can come from fixating on wins and fixating on high scores. It just sets yourself up for so much stress and so much disappointment. And when this is your focus in your mind, this can lead you to missing out on learning opportunities, missing out on growth, both personally and as a writer, because you're not open to truly improving and learning and bettering yourself as a writer because you're really just there to get the best score, to win that run, like whatever you got to do, you're just going to get her done, but in a very unhealthy way, okay? So this is not going to help you. The best way to start improving your scores is you really have to focus on the journey, not just on the outcomes. So what are three practical tips for change? I know what it's like to be focused on the outcome, to care about the score, to care about the placing, all right, to care about like pulling a check. I I get it. I really understand focusing on the outcome. So what are some practical tips for change? Let me give you three. The first one I really like to, you know, I work with my clients on this is set process-oriented goals. Instead of saying, I want to win first or I want, you know, whatever, set a goal that's something maybe you work on, you're focused on improving a specific technique, improving communication with your horse. Maybe you're going to focus on the process of your lope to extended trot transition for ranch riding, but something that is focused on the process. Or you're going to focus on long trotting 
for fitness or you're going to focus on the introduction to your spin. Something where it's really focused on the process and not just focused on the outcome and the placing. The second thing is to create a post-competition review process where you focus on what was learned and not just the outcome. That means you go to a show, you compete, get back from your rodeo, and you say, how did that go? You don't just say, I got first, I got second, you know, I got 20th, whatever. You really have to focus on what was learned. And I have a whole workbook for this, and I go through an extensive process with my clients inside the Mental Gym for Equestrians, teaching people very in-depth how to do this. Because there's a whole series of questions and things that I have them do before a competition, after a competition, to really teach people you have to have this whole, like I said, a whole review process so that you're focused on what did you learn from this experience? So just start asking yourself that question. You can start at the very beginning. Start at square one and say, what did I learn? Good, bad, indifferent, you know, whatever. What did you learn? There's always something to learn. Okay. And the third tip that I have for you when it comes to stop focusing solely on outcomes is to encourage a mindset shift where you value personal and technical development over trophies. That means that this is truly an internal shift. This is a hot tip here, but it's also kind of a bigger, meatier, juicier one, right? It's not like can't just snap your fingers, but this is something absolutely to work on where you shift internally. This is a shift of your mindset. This is a shift in your heart where you learn and become a person who values the process. You value personal development. You value technical development. You value you and your horse. You, gosh, regardless of how you placed, for example, oh my gosh, you kept your hand down. You just moved your legs and whoo, hot doggy. That was a clean, beautiful lead change. And you value that and you recognize that and you appreciate that, that is a massive shift over what was my placing? How did I do? Being able to value, like I said, personal and technical development over strictly placings, trophies, winnings, that's a big one, right? And that's a huge part to stop focusing solely on outcomes. So, this is a lot in today's episode. This has been really meaty and I've had it coming at you hard and fast through this episode today. We have been through the top four habits that you need to drop for peak performance as a Western rider. If you want to start seeing progress in your training, better results at shows and competitions, you've got to stop doing these things, okay? We have covered you need to stop overtraining you need to stop the negative self-talk. You need to stop ignoring mental preparation. And you need to stop focusing solely on outcomes. I have shared stories for each of these, discussed the issue, and gave you three practical tips for change for each of these scenarios, each of these habits that you need to stop doing. This is a media episode, so share it with a friend. Listen to it again. There's so much in here. You know, anyway, it's fun to get into some of this 
stuff with you guys and share some of the nitty gritty. So I hope you got something out of this. Send me a message. Send me a message on social media. I love to hear from you guys. Which one of these did any of them stick out the most for you where you were like, oh, yeah, I kind of fixate on the outcomes and I ignore everything else. Or maybe you're like, oh, I am the worst at negative self-talk. That was me. So send me a message. Let me know which one spoke to you, what you're going to do. What are you implementing to improve things for yourself and your horse? And like I said, it really help out the podcast. If you please scroll down, rate it five stars, give a thumbs up if you're watching this on YouTube because we're doing another video and leave a comment. Really appreciate it. Really helps out the podcast. If this was helpful to you, share it with a friend. If you hated it and thought this was terrible advice, go share it with an enemy. So either way, share it with somebody. It's great. Love doing this podcast with you. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Resilient Rainer podcast. I'm Nicole Burnett. And again, you can also sign up at newsletter.resilientrainer.com and you'll get the newsletter, which we send out every week with amazing articles, podcast alerts, and other good stuff like heads up when I open Mental Gym for Equestrians. So thanks for hanging out. So much gratitude for you guys and talk to you again next week.